You are listening to 17 Karat K-Pop. For more information about this show, as well as the other show I do, How to Stan, visit 17karatkpop.weebly.com and subscribe to my newsletter at howtostan.substack.com. K-pop interviews, album reviews, and more. Subscribing is free, but if you want to continue to support my work, feel free to donate. Click the support the show button on the homepage at 17karatkpop.weebly.com. Hello everybody, welcome back to 17 Karat K-Pop and our monthly roundup of the 20 best new releases. Today, specifically, J-Pop and K-Pop. Before I get to my top 20 countdown, I really just want to say the usual caveats apply. First of all, I listen to literally hundreds of new releases every month, K-Pop, J-Pop, C-Pop, so much music every month, that to whittle it down to 20 is a monumental task that I treat like the big deal I feel like it is. I have such an appreciation for music, and so I'm really trying to get into my objective music critic mindset with this stuff. So please keep those two things in mind. One, that I am trying to be pretty objective, and two, it's no shade to your faves if I didn't pick them for the top 20. Only so many slots. This was a very hard task. So many honorable mentions this month. Some I will get to at the end of this episode, so stick around for that. And others you will hear more about during my mega upcoming Best of 2021 episodes. It's going to be super fun. I have a lot of surprises to go with it. That's all I'll hint at for now, but December is going to be huge for 17 Karat K-pop. With that aside, let's dive into this list, starting with my pick for number 20. Yaffle. With Reconnect and Groan. This pair of songs is released as part of the unexpectedly vast catalog of songs that are coming out for Celebrating Pokemon's 25th anniversary. So definitely my expectations were pretty low for the quality here, not gonna lie. For a character's anniversary soundtrack, yeah, I thought it might be pretty corny. But this, honestly, it's such a bop. Groan is very just fun. It starts out with rapping and it sounds almost like stumbling through a haunted house. Then there are these funky synths that make their voices sound underwater at points. The synth-coated bass. It ends kind of just like the first half of the song was given a funky remix. Reconnect, the other song, basically starts off the exact same way as Grown does, but then definitely veers into different musical territory. So it's just a very fun and unpredictable ride. Number 19. T01 with Realize. This new album of theirs gives them all time to shine. So, for example, In My Light allows those with the higher register voices to be on display for that more emotional track. Then the people with deeper voices and the rappers get their time to shine in prayer. Then the group gets to not focus so much on their voice and take on a more laid-back, chill vibe for Mirage. Plus in Golden, they kind of, they do this really cool thing with their voices Lots of big dramatic high notes. Golden's probably the best song on there. It would sound great live. So yeah, it's a great showcase of the vocal range within the group. And the video is intriguing. I feel like... I hope they go more in this direction with this story. I hope this was not a one-off video because the black birds and fireworks around them, the fancy hotel or mansion or whatever that they drive up to, there are moments in the video that just feel like 
Okay, this could be the opening chapter of quite a dramatic story. So I hope they keep it up. Number 18. Uberworld with Avalanche. This is a pair of J-Rock songs that's surprisingly deep. Sitting about its darkest before the dawn kind of thing. I'll take you to the light. Even if it's super dark at night, the dawn will come back. But the deepness is not viewed as, like, too cheesy because it's kind of muffled. So even if you don't care about the sentimental message, you can still just enjoy the song because they envelope their voice in this really fun, just heavily synthesized filter. So it just adds to a really unique vibe. The other song on this EP, E.T., also has these synthesized voices that are very fun. But it's less focused on that and more on just being dance along ready. The perfect tempo to dance to with drums and guitars. It's a solid pair of songs. Number 17. Real. One of my J-pop queens, R-E-O-L. With Boy. This single is one that Real worked on the music and lyrics for. And you could tell that her fingerprints are all over this release. It's classic real, very just fun J-pop that serves her unique voice well. The video tells two interesting stories, one with a bunch of mannequins in aerial shots, one with just straight on eye level shots of people in this tunnel. You just gotta watch and interpret it for yourself. It's ambiguous but interesting. Plus, she's got these really beautiful, sparkly, tall boots on. Really completes the look. And I love the intro, because the song starts out sounding not like real. Sounding like, who is this? This chill acoustic singer. But quickly it turns around and you're like, that's the real we know and love. That's the real real. Number 16. Tiara. With R-E, Tiara. First of all, what a pleasant surprise. I honestly expected to never hear from them again. But they're here, back in all their glory, doing what they do best, serving up this iconic wardrobe, sultry looks, really cool all-black outfits with gold jewelry, red lipstick in some scenes. Just, they're really great at captivating an audience with their looks. The music video is also this lavish hotel setting, lots of partying, lots of strutting around. They're just back-delivering such second-gen K-pop vibes that I really missed. So aside from visually it being a cool video, with Tiara just showing their innate star power, the songs are a catchy duo as well. All Kill has this, it's kind of a western rodeo feel to it, but then it goes into this more typical pop chorus. Then the rodeo vibe comes back. It's kind of a mix of two songs in one. And it's funny because it always sounds like they're on the brink of a dance break or something. Like they're in the rising action mode the whole time. Not a bad thing, just an observation. Number 15. SF9, Rumination. This album is quite versatile. The higher register voices shine on dreams. On and On is a nice rainy day song with piano and drum. It's this duet that is about longing for the day you can hold someone's hand again. Really meaningful. Yunbin helped co-write it, which is great. Then they go back to fun party vibes for Scenario. They get more melancholy again for For Fantasy, their new fan song, which apparently Zuho has been working on for the past three years. But he did also make sure that it was not complete 
until all the members had pitched in a bit, to make it truly a fan song from all of them. I also think it's a nice fun fact that the Korean title of the song is Because It's Today. Almost like they're saying, let's just celebrate being together right now. My personal favorite B-side is Gentleman. I think I heard a fiddle in there or something. It's a really unexpected instrumental. Very fun. The new title track, Trauma, was written by the rap trio, Huiyun, Zuho, and Yunbin. And they sing about how, it sounds like you are my trauma, but they're actually saying, you ain't my trauma. You are not my trauma. And so they're basically singing about how they refuse to let you take up more free rent in your head. You're not living rent-free up there anymore, and they're moving on from a negative relationship. They confirmed that this is sort of a prequel album to Glorious. So if you go back to the Glorious era, maybe you'll spot some Easter eggs related to the new trauma video. Number 14. Gaho. With his new album, Fireworks. Fireworks is a perfect title. This really is quite a colorful, varied display of emotions. And he really does, throughout the album, explore many dimensions of and feelings that come with love and loving someone, crushing, wanting a relationship, or dealing with the aftermath. All the feelings that surround love, good and bad, get time to be mulled over. And in general, thoughts about just keeping the faith. Like right now, which he co-wrote, and he says things like, A ray of hope, just been chasing it, where to go now, I'll go for it until the end of my life. His really rad singles, Rush Hour, which I will repeat, when I first heard it, I listened to it like literally hours on end in a row, because Rush Hour is just that good of a song, and his other new single that I like, Ride. Both of those are on this album, as well as a ton of brand new songs. It starts out right away with this super catchy clapping and bass tambourine. It's quite a party. Like I said, perfectly titled album, Fireworks. The rest of the album has a lot of bass, some whistling, lots of drums. It's just quite a unique party that gets emotional on unexpected occasions. Just like the dual meaning in the album cover art, which at first glance is just really fun and artsy and serious in him surrounded by colorful fireworks that could represent a bunch of different stuff. But when you stop to really look at it, you realize, oh wait, it's basically a Photoshop job with a bunch of mini gahos on it. Number 13. Ha Sun Woon with Electrified Urban Nostalgia. This was confirmed to be his last release with Starker Entertainment. Not his last release, period, just with this company. And the way he talks about it has made it sound like it truly does feel like the fitting time for the end of this musical era for him. So I wouldn't be surprised if a big transformation is coming after this. And the album really does end on that note, on that nostalgia. But in a way that's providing closure and an oh don't worry I'll be back sort of way. He sings about Blue, references Blue several times, a nod probably back to his Blue era. Electrified, definitely in the same vein as Strawberry Gum and Sneakers, other more recent releases from him. So it feels like past comebacks all get their nod somewhere embedded in this release or video. And you do have to check out the Electrified music video. Super cute. He literally flips a giant switch on and off, and it's electrifying. It lights up the city, changes the adventures he has, or it goes bright again. Dark and lit up, or bright again. 
He tries to impress this girl, sending it into the speaker in a record store. He goes outside and sees that lightning is striking, but the lightning strike somehow forms the shape of a heart in the sky. I love illogical music videos like this. It's super, super cute. Number 12. One Us with Blood Moon. This video and album is just this perfect fusion of modern and traditional sounds. Traditional Korean outfits and instruments, they have dances with fans, and the dance break truly is out of this world in this video. But they also have a more modern feel to the music. The album includes some new songs like a R&B-ish song, Who You Are, a ballad-ish song, We're In Love, there's a fun saxophone and Yes or No. It's quite a variety. And then you've got the two singles that were released earlier this summer. The new single, Luna, has a really cool video. Not just for the dance breaks, but different members are in different settings, so it's a lot to take in. The lighting changes a lot. There are lots of beautiful trees and a sky with a full moon, floating lanterns, a room full of fire that they run out of, a Beauty and the Beast-esque rose in a glass case, a butterfly that starts out looking really dark, could be just the shadow of it that's there, but it's bright blue by the end of the video, assuming that's the same butterfly, but you know what I mean. The symbolism and aesthetics are just really well done. Number 11. Yunha with End Theory. First of all, I think as nice as she looks with dark hair, she looks great with pastel pink hair. That may be my favorite on her now, especially when paired with a beautiful white dress, like in the Stardust music video. She has a really lovely voice, and a beautiful outfit, and a beautiful video. It just, everything about this release is beautiful. She has the voice that's perfect for ballads, but it's not just like a repetitive album full of ballads. For example, the first few songs, the drums build and she gets to this climax, then the guitar comes in, the synths come in on the next track, kind of a rock-leaning power ballad of sorts. Later on, then it gets to songs with more mid-tempo and strings involved, and then there's strings and just her vocal prowess that make for a truly grand finale. So the album kind of tells a cohesive story in an interesting way. And the music video has a super cute baby in it, so... And a, a cute little girl, and what she does is she... She's walking around seeing basically the northern lights happening. She finds this crib, takes a light out of it, looks up, and somehow seems to trigger the arrival of her younger self. Presumably this character is her younger self, because in all these scenes she's seen reuniting with family and hugging and stuff, where her younger self was previously seen hugging and interacting with people. So it's like she's getting back in touch with and hugging her inner child and reconnecting with a part of herself. It's really beautiful. Again, the operating word of the day for this release is beautiful. Number 10. Billy. B-I with three L's, I-E. With their debut release, The Billage of Perception, Chapter 1. This is the Mystic Rookies girl group, the Mystic Story Entertainment girl group that has been training for quite a while now. And is the first group put together by the iconic Yoon Jeonshin to debut. So I knew it was going to be iconic, but I didn't know in what way. And I still don't really know, to be honest. It's such a hard to describe group. Billy's really doing something unique and different. All the songs on there are, they don't give you a lead about hey, we're for sure going down this musical path in the future. And the music video is similarly ambiguous. 
but in an increasingly saturated K-pop market, their debut really does stand out for not picking a route yet, and doing so in an artistic way. Well, kind of picking a route, but it's not. They're forming and defining their own path. The video for Ring Ring, or Ring Times Ring, however you want to put it, is so interesting. The girls enter this fictional village called Billy Love's house. So I guess they're looking for this girl named Billy Love. Anyway, they enter the house. It seems like it might be haunted or just really weird and mysterious with doors to who knows where all over the place. They eventually walk through one doorway into this room that's suddenly super colorful. They end up in the attic, putting a teddy bear inside a box. Seems like a notable detail they zoom in on at the end. Anyway, it's a lot of mystery that goes with the unique nature of the song. And interspersed with the plot of the video are iconic dance breaks. They really are an impressive team performance-wise. Really want to see more dancing from them. And we got a little bit more with the performance video for Everybody's Got a Secret. If you're a fan of Thumbs Up by Momoland, definitely check out Flipping a Coin. And if you're a fan of Lehigh, you might want to check out The Eleventh Day. Also mysterious are the lyrics. So if you're someone who likes some creepy things, but not scary, like Nightmare Before Christmas-esque, where it's kind of ominous, but also not like jump scary, the lyrics are your taste, where they're wondering where Billy is, and it gets pretty dark. They have lyrics like, is she dead? Can we talk about this? Not anymore. And they keep wondering where she is, and if she's even alive. Anyway, I feel like there's tons more to the story, so keep an eye on this group. Number nine, Kai with Peaches. This release, there's the recency factor that I'm trying to keep in mind because unless I absolutely cannot wait because it's an all-time fave of mine, which Kai kind of is, but I digress. I usually prefer to really sit with a new release before I verbalize and officially release my review of it. Because some songs, some releases, I realize it was a short-term love. And that they are timeless, and, oh, I guess I'm already tired of that. And then in other cases, it's the opposite, where it grows on me even more, and I'm thinking, wow, I'm actually boosting up my score for this. So I don't know what the long-term feelings I have towards Peaches will be. I could realize, wow, that got old fast, or, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed. So I decided, well, it's a notable release that I do love so far. So I'm just going to put it smack dab in the middle of this countdown and later decide if I regret putting it that high or that low. Anyway, Kai continues to know exactly what to do with his voice. What sort of smooth delivery suits him and the R&B sound he revels in? A lot to it, really well produced, and a great follow-up to his debut EP. And I hope I'm not the only one who noticed this. It seems like the opening scene in his comeback trailer was a nod to Narcissus, the story we talked about shameless plug on the episode Music and Mythology, about the son of the river god who fell in love with his own reflection, then fell in the river that he had been looking at his reflection in. It's a moral of the stories about vanity, you know, and its consequences. That's kind of how the story starts with Kai falling underwater, so possibly a nod to Narcissus there. And he did almost seem to, at least if you're a mythology fan like me, it seems like he was nodding to, while also kind of nodding to Adam and Eve's story of temptation, could have also had to do with a peach, not just an apple, and made me think of the apple that started the Trojan War in Greek mythology that we also talked about in the episode called Music and Mythology. 
Some more hidden Greek myth references, something maybe to keep an eye on with his work. The one thing I will complain about with this release, though, is just that I wanted another longer short film. I'm just going to be that ungrateful person, because last time he got to release a short film that walked us through every single track, and this time it was like a two-minute, one-track teaser. Come on, I wanted a full second mini-movie. Maybe it's coming by the time this episode comes out, but as of recording time, no, so... Number eight. Back on. With still B slash O. Still back on, presumably, but not sure if they realize what that also stands for, but I digress. Back on is this J-Rock duo that I really like that I actually gave a shout out to in last month's honorable mention segment for the single Beyond Sadness. And the rest of the album plays out like that, where it's all very 0 to 100. Sounds like garage rock music, like a band, a rock band playing in your garage, in a good way. Very just frenetic in a good way. It has the feel of being a spontaneous creation. If you don't like that super enthusiastic sound and prefer something a little more, I guess, low-key, chill, after a funky classic back on intro, the song Bring the Noise transitions to kind of a 90s R&B vibe. It gives me first generation SM Entertainment artist vibes. Another track that deserves a shout out is Loser, the best B-side where some little details I also heard in Never Freeze, so that's another shout out. But also the electric guitar on Loser just goes ham, and I love it. Number 7. From 20. With 20. If you listen to my Best of the Month episodes, you know I have been raving about From 20, release after release all year. And his EP did not disappoint. He continues to just master this lane. It's so impressive so early on that he, he knows he's best at these synth-pop songs, these songs with retro flair that mix personal details and stories with universally relatable themes. He's a very compelling storyteller. The video for James Dean will also attest to that. He does a lot with a little, sonically and visually. There are also a lot of interesting nods in the lyrics to the song 20 that ends this album and his first song, From 20. So it's like From 20 and 20 are in conversation with each other. It's interesting. It shows some interesting growth where he was at first singing about life going on and on and now he's back to singing. Remember those days when I said don't cry, it's all right? And now kind of viewing it as, you were right, me. Thanks, past me, for telling future me that everything would work out okay. And he actually does literally quote his former son, saying, yeah, I said, boy, don't cry, it's all right, etc. And I think this is a nod to Toy Story, which is cute, where he says, now I'm grown up as much as Andy. Want this story happy ending, though it's not a fairy tale. He's really reflecting on what it means to go through his 20s. Number six. Ray Yasuda. Sometimes Yasuda Ray because they read right to left, but anyway, if you're trying to look it up on US Spotify, it'll be with Ray first. Anyway, her new EP is called It's You. This is just speculation, but I wonder if there's a deeper meaning to the capitalization of these song titles. Because it goes from half capitalized it's you to no capitalization blank sky to all capitalized first letters for a perfect sky. Might be some meaning there. 
You've heard me go on and on about Millet. Another Japanese artist I think is just has a beautiful, raw, powerful voice that captivates me every time. I feel the same way about Ray. She's like someone for ASMR fans to like, and a powerhouse. So she's soft and has this lovely hushed voice at times, but other times it's belting out the song. She's really remarkable. And she sings a really nice message about, if you're there next to me on my last page, happily ever after is not my last day. I'm not afraid tonight and you know why. You're my melody, my memory. She constantly references writing your story. The happily ever after is not even the last page. Those kind of metaphors. The other songs really show off her voice as well. Number five. Twice, with formula of love, O plus T equals three. Or the heart symbol with the less than sign. You know what I mean. The O being for once, the name of the fans, T for twice, and then the three for one plus two is three, also part of the heart symbol for love, plus it's the third full album, so lots of fun hidden meaning there. Twice continues to really, I think, mature. I've always loved their super cute, wholesome stuff, their super cute young songs like Cheer Up, so I've always been worried there would come a day where they would get tired of the super cutesy youthful concepts and just drop them. But they never have. They've just naturally grown into more mature songs and outfits and sounds, but also just stayed really, really cute and fun. And the epitome of what just super fun bubblegummy pop can be like. And they explore other sounds too on this, not just down the middle pop. So again, an organic evolution here. The fun new unit songs are quite interesting and will make for some really cool live stages when they go on tour next year. And the overall message is praiseworthy about Scientist is the title track about stop overthinking it, just don't try to analyze and think too rationally through who to love, who to be with, relationship advice, just go with how you really feel. Gut feelings will always be better than and more effective than any cold calculating move you try. It's also a very pretty video to watch. So many cute pastel outfits and the coolest state-of-the-art science lab. Number four, Garnedelia with Duality Code. Look, as much as I love when Maria or Toku does a solo project, I was missing the duo coming back for a full comeback. And here they are delivering just a fantastic J-pop album that's at times jazzy, at times hyperactive, at times electronic, string-based, softer, quieter, even a Christmas song on there. The variety is great. They are just one of my longtime favorites for a reason. Period. I will leave it there. Number three. Kwasa, with Guilty Pleasure. Her new title track, I'm a Bee, is actually co-written by her and RBW Entertainment producer Park Woosing. And she said she initially actually didn't want to have her name on the song credits. And she talks, she said a lot of interesting things in the press conference for this release about how these new songs kind of show off her new worldview. How she views what she's doing now, not just through a lens about chasing fame, what success means to her is not so much about accolades now. And shock value, her way of putting it, is doing things in her music career for provoking a reaction. And now she's kind of reflecting on why she wanted to do that. And if she has your attention now, how does she want to use that attention? She said, quote, I realize that I tend to push the envelope too much to the point where I'm mistreating myself in order to attain what I want. 
and I get joy by doing this. She said the message of I'm a bee is, quote, there's no light without shadow. So she's been in a period of deep self-reflection in trying to decide what she's doing and why she's doing it. Is she doing it because she really wants to? Who is the artist she wants to be? In this process of her figuring that out, has been very cool to listen to as it plays out. Because there really is a fun, exploratory feel to these songs. A lot of them are kind of half one song, half another. Like, FOMO starts with this echoing, and one voice says, My mind is not my brain. And gives you that thought to think about before the bass comes in. Then there's this mid-song break, and all of a sudden in the second half, it sounds like Billie Eilish singing. Fwasa does something totally new for her with her voice, so it's a fun mix. And Bless You has a fun mix too, half rap, half ballady kind of. It's kind of about wishing the best for someone, making peace with a cheater or a liar. Big Hope You're Okay by Olivia Rodrigo vibes. Three more things I want to say about this release, all having to do with the I'm a Bee music video. One is that, notice how it starts out with a washed up huasa, literally like washed ashore, opening the door to see the other huasa doing the dance breaks. So she's watching herself. The story starts with her suddenly starting to watch herself. It's like a movie or show where they start telling a story, and then by the end of the movie or show you forget it was all the story they were telling. So that's an interesting exposition. Two is that, remember in the Twit video, she was wrapped in plastic? Now she's back wrapped in plastic, but this time she holds up a rose with her. Feels like an important symbol there. Third is the dance break. A very, very cool traditional instrument is used for just a hard to describe perfect dance break. Number two, B.I. with Cosmos. His official description of this album includes, quote, explores the love that makes me dream about eternity and to give everything without anything in return. What was the love that gave birth to New Cosmos in your life? He does explore love in its many layers and depths and continues to be quite sonically versatile as he was in Waterfall, although subjectively, I think I like Waterfall more. Objectively, I think Cosmos is better. He's got this fun, more upbeat sound for the title track, which is percussion heavy, and there's this cute music video for it, where I am just obsessed with the town he walks around in there. It looks like the cutest little town that he's walking down the streets of, and it's a fun confetti blast moment when he's staring at his crush from across the street. There are different times where he's daydreaming about his crush. It's just a very sweet story. But then he goes into more deep and emotional ruminations, less happy sounds, and just different sounds on the other tracks. 19 is really unique. It's this cross between, like, the soundtrack to a rodeo, the Wild West, but also has this old-school rock feel to it. And other songs have that interesting intersection of sounds. I would love to hear a mashup of Alive and Waterfall. This new song, Alive, has a similar... It evokes a similar feeling, even though sonically it is quite different. But it's a nice mix of fast rap and more slowed down melodic rap. He really just doesn't want to box himself in, it seems, in terms of instrumentals and vocal delivery. Drumroll, please, for number one, best release of November 2021. Monsta X with No Limit. First of all, I love how hands-on the members are. 
over time more and more so. On this release, Juhani helped produce and write Rush Hour. I Am worked on Just Love, Audubon, Rush Hour. Hyunwan composed Mercy. They really have been hands-on. Second of all, I love how peak Monster X this release is. If you're not a Monbebe who's been following them super closely, you may miss this, but there are so many times listening to this album where I was like, man, that detail is peak Monster X. It is so quirky and fun. They take these super fun, fast, in-your-face, bold songs and do something just so unique to them. Goofy ad-libs, fun analogies, wordplay, sound effects, they just... They just stay super quirky and have such well-produced, layered sounds. So it's, it's a celebration whenever they release a new album. I love what they said in the press conference, their official press statement about what this album's all about. It, quote, delineates Monster X's identity as a group that shines in an era where there's an infinite supply of competitors and how they ultimately keep pushing the envelope in any situation. To me, that's just a really accidentally funny way of putting it, because they basically are just saying the quiet part out loud that a lot of artists are saying where, look, the market's getting saturated, and we have to stand out, so we're going to keep pushing the envelope. A really nice honesty there. I love, love, love Rush Hour. What really stood out to me is Hyun Wan's voice and role in that song. It just feels like he has more confidence now and more of a central role in the chorus, so very happy for him. And also I was thinking during the get down parts of the song, there are some BAP vibes here. And I love it. Where is the BAP warrior in Monster X Rush Hour mashup? Now let's get to some honorable mentions. Super Junior D&E has a new album out called Countdown. Definitely good for fans of their About You era, more so than the Danger era. More of a cute and fun concept this time. And I like the lyrics in B, Unhyuk's solo the best, where he talks about the child who lost words while looking up at the sky. Just the mind of a child being speechless and amazed at the world around him. It's a really sweet song. Blue, B-L-O-O, has a new album called Moon and Back, and he is just so good. This album is really nice, cohesive, smooth, and the stage is really set right away with But I'll Wait For You. It's got this haunting backup chorus of voices, sets the stage for the album really well. It just has a very nice singular vibe. Girl in New York is the best track on it. Stray Kids Are Back, with a super fun Christmas EP, very hard to do, not gonna lie, I can be quite a Scrooge and am not a fan of Christmas music. But I do think their EP, Christmas Evil, is a lot of fun, regardless of even if you celebrate Christmas. One song on there that has its own music video, Winter Falls, is more dramatic, emotional, and more of just a wallow-in-your-feels wintertime song, not as overtly Christmas-themed. What's super Christmas-themed is Christmas Evil. They have this really cute, fun video where they basically take over for Santa. I won't spoil too much, but they take over for Santa to mixed reviews. It is really funny, though. There's this one moment. They basically break character to enter character, so they break out of their Santa Claus character to do their Stray Kids signature introduction statement. It's just really funny. You gotta see it. Speaking of, you have to see it, 
TXT has yet a million and first remix of Love Song. This time for the Japanese version with a new music video. This music video starts, interestingly, with the members falling from the sky, looking genuinely terrified, like they don't want to be in that position. It's just an interesting contrast to Blue Hour, when they're falling from the sky was like an exciting freefall, a fun dive down, skydive adventure of sorts. So yeah, they're still floating through the sky, but now more falling than floating like before. Just an interesting continuity there. I also love that they do what you've gotta have learned to expect by now from Hybe Artists, which is a dramatic pause mid-music video, where the song stops and something dramatic happens, climactic. In this case, it's basically a meteor shower. It ends with a cassette tape scene lying on the ground, so that feels like something to keep an eye on in future videos of theirs. Because that book was significant, the book that was left on the ground at the end of the previous videos, so now what they're leaving on the ground is a cassette. I feel like these are two pieces of a puzzle that will come to mean much more. You've also got to check out Just B's new video for Try. The song was not new this month, but the video was, and it's one of those songs where I'm impressed because when they give it a video, I suddenly realize that song's starting to grow on me. That is a vibe. And they did that. Wasn't sold on Try. Now I love it. So well done. You've also got to check out Pink Fantasy's new dance performance video for Tales of the Unusual. Technically, it was released at the end of October, but at the very, very end, so I had not prepared to give it a shout-out yet. Anyway, I watched it in November, so it's counting for my Best of November honorable mentions. Obviously, I have to shout out Band Boys, Vernon's new song, and I keep forgetting that when Seventeen releases a Japanese song, the promo schedule's off, so it comes to streaming services like a week in advance. So the release dates are kind of just about physical CDs, so I just forgot how fast we would get the new Japanese single. But we already have it! The music video and the single. I totally forgot this always happens, so that was a lovely surprise, and it is a beautiful song. I will have more to say about in an upcoming episode. Other notable videos. The new-ish girl group, I Chillin', their video for Fresh just has a super cute wardrobe. It's a cute video. I just want to borrow all of the outfits from it. There's also a really aesthetically pleasing video from MJ of Astro with Get Set Yo, his new solo single. It's a very fun trot song that I honestly think is adorable even if you're not really a trot fan. Plus it's got a fun mailman video. He basically raised the bar for how fun a UPS guy ought to be. Gemini has a new album out called Inside Out, and boy is his voice just so smooth and wonderful. Definitely if you're a fan of Dean and Crush, check out Gemini's new album. The new League of Legends show on Netflix, Arcane, has a new soundtrack out that is way more epic than I expected. <laughs> Expectations were low, but I do think it is a high-quality soundtrack, featuring Miyavi on the best of the songs on it. The Japanese artist L, E-I-L-L, has a new single out called 23, which is a very cute, nostalgia-inducing video, kind of a point-of-view video. Makes you want to go on a road trip with her, for sure. And this song is just a nice, guitar-backed, mid-tempo number. Speaking of nice, guitar-backed songs, 
Ozzy, O-Z-I, has this new song called Hiratai. That's pretty simple, but his voice just carries it to a new level. As for the best English releases of the month, Ava Max has this new song with Tiesto, the motto. It was Ava and Avril month. Because I'm also loving Avril Lavigne's new song, Bite Me. Really here for the resurgence in interest in her music. There's this new song from Chris Lake and NPC, Grimes' new virtual animated group, basically, that she helped create. And they have this new EDM banger called A Drug From God, and it's about love being like a drug. Grimes has just done it again. She fascinates me. You never know what to expect from her. And this feels just so natural. Of course she started a virtual group, in addition to continuing to be just the quirkiest, most iconic soloist. Lastly, I've been thinking a lot lately about Adele and Spotify telling her your wishes are command, because her only request of Spotify was that they get rid of the shuffle button for albums so that you have to play an album track list in the order intended by the singer. If you're a longtime listener, you know I'm all here for that. I love when you really show some respect for the thought put into the track list most of the time. It really does help bring out a different side of the story if you listen to it in order as the artist intended. So anyway, I've been thinking about that decision lately and thinking about which albums truly do deserve that requirement. Like if this was not an across-the-board decision, but just for certain albums, certain concept albums that need to be taken in like chapter by chapter, which album should get that shuffle button removed? And I've decided, yes, this is not new, but I've been realizing this month how much it truly holds up, so I'm counting it as one of the best of the month. Jaden Smith's catalog. Sire and Eris especially. You gotta play that in order, as he intended. Really just wowzers, and it still holds up years later. Those are such masterpiece partner albums in a way. Really incredible job. And if you disagree... Just remember that if you don't listen to them in the correct order, then the tracks B, L, U, and E suddenly spell E, U, L, B, which makes no sense, just like your opinion. On howtostand.substack.com and eventually 17caratkpop.weebly.com, later this week sometime I will have my written version of this episode out, basically, with some different commentary on and links to the videos I discussed today for the best of November 2021. So YouTube and Spotify playlist to check out all the music, including the honorable mentions I discussed today, will be a part of my newsletter, so subscribe for free if you want that in your inbox this week. Howtostand.substack.com. Or just keep checking my website. Thank you all so much for listening as always, and I will talk to you all again very, very soon.